Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. Sometimes I do wonder that. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPN News, and on the ESPN app. Jordan Cornette and Jay Cornette filling in for the guys this morning, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. It is talk hard to talk like, oh, they're making $39 million in like four games, and I'm, you know, not. Neither are you. Are you okay? I'm going to be all right. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I just had to like get that out one more time. I, I'll be fine. Uh, anyways, <laughs> don't look at me like that or the camera like that. I, um, I think everybody listening feels really bad for me right now, and they should. Nothing's ever good enough. I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate who are in uh, marriages that I thought were very fulfilled with love and all the great things, I but apparently not enough money. Oh, please. Oh, please. It's unattainable money, what we're talking about here. It's just hard to comprehend sometimes. We've I told you I'd give you the moon. I'm still working on it, yeah, all right? We're only in year two. That's give true. me a break. We're only in year two. Uh, anyways, all right. So, a uh, lot of NFL talk because teams are reporting to training camp this week. They did over the weekend. They did last week as well. But there's some interesting news coming out of Cincinnati. My Let's husband's go. here. Hometown, and he uh, will let everyone know about it, I'm sure, at least four or five times in this next segment. Um but Mike Daniels, who spent six seasons with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and is now playing in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, who we know is coming off of an injury, had something interesting to say about Joe Burrow, your quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Take a listen to Mike Daniels. You know what I say about Joe Burrow, man. That's like baby Aaron. You don't see many rookies step into a locker room and you could tell that the guy's like a, a you would think he's like a four year vet if you didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And to have that at the quarterback position, that means he has the right type of savvy, the right type of poise. You only see from guys like Aaron, man. Jo- Joe Burrow is the savior, man. That was on Good Morning Football last week. And, and oh, yeah, he's excited. Let's about that. A go. A baby Aaron Rodgers comparison. When Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP, no matter what's going on with his upcoming season, is a really good p- comparison to make. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Uh, and so I know that's music to your ears. Baby Aaron Rodgers, is there a better comparison out there in the world? Aaron Rodgers is my favorite player in the NFL. This is new information. Right now. He's your watch. favorite player in the NFL. So watch, because you got to see, you that guy can single-handedly win a game. You know how much money he made me when he played your Chicago Bears? Is he, he even in the NFL right now? I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is He is, is right now. I mean, that, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I know. The Chicago doing? Bears fan over here is trying to speak it into existence. For right now, he's still in the league. But when we watch Aaron Rodgers, you go, anything's possible. The guy just, no matter what the moment is, it seems like he always delivers. He seems so cool under pressure, a cool customer. He's not a look-at-me guy, but he's got that swagger that does have the confidence of the look-at-me guy. That's what I see in Joe Burrow, and I'm a reasonable fan. As a Bengals fan, anybody who knows sports knows we've been through it. Marvin Lewis brought some respectability back to the franchise, forever loving for it. I'll forever love Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis and Chad Johnson, my guys. But Marvin Lewis could never get us over to winning that playoff game. That's the next step. You got to bring in a guy that says, I'll take all the pressure. I know about what's happened in previous years. I know about the heartbreak. But I can take this on. Not only that, I can take over games when I don't have a lot with me to help me. Last year, that offensive line was horrible. It's ultimately, Say it again. It's ultimately, last year, <laughs> that offensive again. line was horrible. It's ultimately what sidelined our guy in Joe Burrow. But he did the work to get back. He says he's 100% and ready to start week one. And what he's going to be able to do with a better offensive line, with better weapons to throw the ball to, especially out in space, those wideouts in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, 
Tyler Boyd, make you forget that the best Bengal wide receiver maybe ever in A.J. Green is gone. Uh, so I feel really good about that. The defense, Mike Daniels and those guys have to be better. But it'll be all eyes on Joe Burrow, and much like Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow welcomes that kind of pressure. I think he's going to go down, and this is, of course, hyperbole. It's very early. But I have the expectation it'll be the best Cincinnati Bengal of all time. First of all, do you I want, truly believe that. Do you even want Joe Burrow, though, to be like active and running around at training camp, like coming off a, a gruesome knee injury? Wasn't even a year I ago that, at this I point? I hope that they manage that thing properly uh, because last year, as much as he was throwing that football, the usage rate was ridiculous. And I felt like as a Bengals fan with that offensive line, you're playing with fire, and we saw what happened. Now, I'm not going to say that's the reason, but it certainly didn't help. So I do hope going into this year that they manage him a little bit better. I think they could have done more at that offensive line. Honestly, with me, I would have liked to see them take Panay Sewell with that first-round draft pick. But it ties back to Aaron Rodgers here, right? And stay with That's me what, for a second. I was going to say this. The, I thought, think the thought is Aaron Rodgers didn't like what the Green Bay brass did with that draft, not making them better with targets and giving him more options to bolster the offense. They went with the backup quarterback. And that ultimately is the reason why Aaron Rodgers wants to leave, right? Mm-hmm. So tying Aaron Rodgers into this conversation as it pertains to Joe Burrow – You don't usually get it right when you talk about the Bengals' front office, but they did here because you heard Joe Burrow say leading up to the draft, I would love to throw the ball to my guy Jamar Chase, who I won a national championship with at LSU, but the Bengals, you probably need to go get Sewell. But that's what Joe Burrow says he wants, so let's make this guy happy early on so it's not a potentially what could have been a Russell Wilson situation, what's becoming this Aaron Rodgers situation, maybe it played a role in the Tom Brady situation. Let's make our guy happy early and often to build some equity. And maybe that keeps Joe Burrow there when the time comes for Joe to look around and say, there's greener pastures. Commit to your guy. And Mike Brown and the Bengals did the right thing in stage one. Well, they had to. I think after the injury happened, look, you and I, we do Sunday radio together. And every time we watch the Bengals play, I said, the guy can't stay upright. I mean, this offensive line was horrible. It was like Swiss cheese. There were holes everywhere. It was terrible. And so I'm not trying to say an injury was inevitable, but it kind of was. Like, he could not stay upright. And so when that happened, you had to make right and go do whatever he wanted. And if he wanted Jamar Chase, give him that and the moon and whatever else. That's not necessarily what they did. I'm just connecting dots and saying we heard. We heard Burrow say, I want Chase. And all of a sudden, the narrative shifted from, it's definitely going to be Sewell. they got to shore up this offensive line to protect their their top commodity in Joe Burrow. To all of a sudden, yeah, we're going all in on Jamar Chase. It's going to make for an exciting brand of football. That offense is going to be a really fun one. The only issue with the Bengals, because I think they could surprise. I think this could be a team flirting with the playoffs down the stretch in the season. Wait, except, wait, except wait, what? flirting with. They went 4-11 and last year, played a, lot of, played a lot of those games without Joe Burrow. This team is, is markedly better, especially because the offensive line. Do you know what division they play? That's my point. The AFC North does not make it easy because it's chock full of teams, not only contending to win a division, that are Super Bowl contenders. And what's hilarious to me about the AFC North, too, is like everyone's writing off the Steelers as if they didn't at one point go 11-0, and as if Ben Roethlisberger hasn't seen every defense out there known to man. Give me a break. I can't wait for week two, though. Yeah, friendly wager in our house. Bears fan, Bengals fan. What's going to happen? Week two is Bengals in Chicago taking on the Chicago Bears. It will be Andy Dalton. So it'll be former former Bengals. You keep saying that. That's that's what's going to happen. You think Andy Dalton is definitely going to be starting in week two? Yes. Oh, give me the Bengals. I'll bet our house. Why wouldn't I they? Put, first I literally of all, bet actually, our mortgage. Now that I'm saying this out loud, and I hadn't 
Okay, no, you won't. <laughs> First of all, no, you will not. I was waiting for you to, pl- to no, put you the brakes there on that. The, it would be smart of the Bears to start Andy Dalton for the first three weeks. Let's remove the Justin Fields aspect of it because let's just be completely honest. If Justin Fields goes out there and he's not ready, it's everyone's fault but Justin Fields' Keep fault. Keep pumping this Andy Dalton thing. I want to see where you're going because no. you watched him in Dallas last I, year. I watched Andy Dalton in Dallas. I also watched Dallas have a horrendous offensive line and issues all over the field and in the locker room. So let's not put it all you on You saw Dalton the Bears' back. offense last year, right? Yeah, not good. But they had quarterback issues. Let me get to my point. It would be behoo of the Bears, actually, while Justin Fields is still learning, which we know Nagy is all about. Like, they want to have an Alex Smith kind of situation and Patrick Mahomes where they're learning under each other. Like, let Andy Dalton go out and face his former team. You don't think that's going to fuel his fire? You don't think he knows that team better than probably anyone else that's currently playing in the National Football League? Give me a break. Let him go prove it. I would love not to see Justin Fields at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears if I'm a Bengals guy. I think that the Sun Tzu art of war mentality is never do, if you're a team, never do what the opposition wants you to do. Because if you are, you're putting yourself in a position to fail. Bengals want Andy Dalton to start that game. So if that's, well, that's mindset, what they're going to get. So. I probably wouldn't start Andy Dalton. But you, you never know how it's going to play. Either way, I know that there is a renewed sense of optimism now that Joe Burrow is coming back. And, and starting week one, especially in the position he was in when he went down with that gruesome injury. And we had seen that before with Carson Palmer. Uh, thanks, Kimo Van Olfen, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that playoff game when Carson Palmer went down and nothing was ever the same. But now that Joe Burrow is coming back, because he has that baby Rogers vibe, like Mike Daniels is saying, you feel like when he's in a uniform, something special can happen. And it's nice to have that feeling at the quarterback position. Some of y'all Bears fans know nothing All right. about. I'm going to let you take that shot, and I'm going to move on from it. And I just want to peel back the curtain, because if he's going to take a shot, I'm going to take one right back. Jordan wears this grown man husband of mine, wears this Joe Burrow jersey to bed with his underwear, like all the time. Do you feel embarrassed yeah, by that? You should feel bad. You just painted that picture for everybody this early in the morning. Do you feel bad about that? I just feel so good. You know. I like my legs. I, I, I like to show them off in my, in my <laughs> underwears and my jersey. <laughs> there are two most likely scenarios to end the Aaron Rogers saga. We'll tell you what they are next on KJZ. This is Jordan Cornette and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys on ESPN Radio Series <laughs> XM Channel 80. The Aaron Rodgers saga continues. There were some cryptic Instagram messages over the weekend from Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. MJ and Scotty Pippen on a court together. Maybe a last ride and they're out. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Aaron Rodgers is partaking in off-season workouts. He has been working out as if he was normally preparing for a season. Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. Aaron Rodgers, it's come from the horse's mouth and Tom Brady. Hey, Aaron Rodgers is more talented in the quarterback position than me. Rodgers is taking over the headline day after day since the NFL draft. It's really, what have, what else have we been talking about? I don't even know. I mean, Big Shot is such a great, great track to come into. I wish I could sing the lyrics, but yeah, I like can't. my job. Yeah, well, let's, yeah. So let's I won't do that. refrain from saying the lyrics. Keyshawn, <laughs> J. Will, and Steven presented by Progressive Insurance. And we have a guest here, Shay and Jordan Cornette with us, and Dan Graziano joining us on set, giving us a straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. He's our ESPN NFL insider. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Shay. How are you doing? Uh, we are doing great. Thank you so much. Okay, so I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. That's all we've been mentioning lately, it feels like, is Aaron Rodgers. Training camp starts tomorrow for the Green Bay Packers, and I hear there are two scenarios now for uh, Aaron <laughs> well. Rodgers, I suppose. Uh, what would those be? I think the two most likely, I yes. think, are uh, number one would be uh, he retires, right? And, and like, remember Carson Palmer 10 years ago with the Bengals, and he, he didn't want to play there anymore. He retired, and ultimately they trade him to the Raiders. And I think that that's a possibility. It would save Aaron Rodgers the training camp fines, $50,000 a day. And it would, you know, if he said he was retiring for medical reasons, then he could probably argue against them trying to claw back his signing bonus. There are some reasons for him to do it that way if he doesn't want to be there. I think the other option... The other possibility is that he comes back, but only after they redo his contract to the point where it expires after this year. Right now, he's got three years left on his contract, only you know, no guaranteed money after this year. But if, he, if they were to adjust it so that he were able to get out after this year and, and it came with a promise that they won't franchise him and now he has some control, maybe he comes back for one more year and tries to run it back one more time, a la the last dance stuff that uh, was all over okay, before Instagram. Okay, before we dive into that, can I just ask a question? So he could, I mean, for lack of a better word, lie? Like, say there's a medical reason why he's not returning in order to well, retire? I see, I don't know if it would be a lie, right? I mean, like, he would say, I've played 14 years in the NFL. Like, obviously, I've got stuff wrong with me. Any doctor who examined me would be able to say, oh, this is, oh. you know, your your leg is this, your shoulders. So I think there's, there, there's a credit. See, See, if he retired, they would be entitled to pursue the remainder of the prorated signing bonus, the contract he signed three years ago. So if he wanted to fight back against that, that would be the way to do it. When Andrew Luck retired with the Colts, the Colts opted not to go after that money. They could have, but they decided not to. The relationship between Rodgers and the Packers may not be in quite as good a place yeah. as, uh, as that I, one was. I Dan, it's just like my wife to jump to right away. Sorry. So he's lying? I, uh, he's going to lie? <laughs> like, how could you? How can we go this route? I don't understand. Just, just relax. Nobody's trying to pull the wool over anybody. No dishonesty is going on. She's quick to pull that one out. Uh, so you made the mention of Carson Palmer in that retirement uh, with my Cincinnati Bengals back mm. in 2004. Ultimately, they moved him in October. The tie that binds here is the same agent in David Dunn mm. uh, in representing Aaron Rodgers here as well does that play a role uh, a strong role in something like this or is that merely a coincidence I think it's a coincidence but certainly if someone has used the strategy before with success there's I mean that would encourage them to use it again right so it worked for Carson Palmer now why did it work for Carson Palmer the the Raiders quarterback got hurt uh, it was Jason Campbell at the yes. time, right? And they were having a, a year where they wanted to stay competitive. They end up forking over a high price to get Carson Palmer. If that never happens, if the Raiders don't find themselves desperately in need of a quarterback midseason, does Carson Palmer get traded that year? We, we don't know. But 
it could something like that certainly could happen in the case of and again this is all hypothetical of course i mean he's going to show up tomorrow and if he shows up tomorrow he's going to have a whole spiel about how you know news media is, is full of whatever and all this kind of stuff so i, I want to make it clear the best I've got is informed speculation. Mm-hmm. The best anybody I talk to has <laughs> is informed speculation. We want answers. So, <laughs> so that's where we are. So in this hypothetical scenario where he were to retire, then, yeah, it would be in the hope that something changes in terms of the Packers' willingness to trade him because right now it's a flat no. Oh, and I guess the other thing me and Shay have gone back and forth on here is who are those suitors because yeah. you're asking for a king's ransom when you bring in a guy who's the reigning MVP and has a lot of good football still on the runway as it pertains to Aaron Rodgers. So who are some of those teams? We hear a lot of Denver. Yeah, well, Denver makes a lot of sense because they, they don't really know who their quarterback's going to be. And, and it's not like a situation where, you know, in New England or San Francisco where they drafted a guy they think is the answer. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater both come with question marks. And, and if Denver feels like they have a strong enough core that they're a quarterback away, a great quarterback away from the Super Bowl, then that makes sense. That's why I think people have been putting two and two together there. And there really aren't a lot of other scenarios like that. Now, let's play out the Carson Palmer situation. Let's go a couple months into the season, right before the trade deadline. Maybe Miami is worried about Tua more than they are right now. Maybe the Eagles aren't sold on Jalen Hurts. Maybe the Giants aren't sold on Daniel Jones. You know, or maybe one or some of those people have gotten hurt. Someone will get hurt, unfortunately. I mean, that's, that's life in the NFL. So that will change the landscape in terms of who needs a quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think that's – you look at situations like that. And then you also look at – I mentioned Eagles, Giants, teams like that because they have multiple first-round picks next year. So you could get it done, theoretically, with 2022 picks. But again, informed speculation is the best, the best I can give you. Dan Graziano is in studio, in, studio, in studio with us here on KJZ. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Shea Cornette, Jordan Cornette, Phil, and he's their ESPN NFL insider. Let's go to the Texans. Deshaun Watson reported to training camp. What does this mean? Well, he wants to get traded, and – I think if he didn't show up, first of all, he'd be fined $50,000 a day, and I don't think anybody wants that. But even getting past that, by showing up, he keeps it a story and maybe keeps some pressure on the Houston Texans to do something, right? So uh, if, he, if he just vanishes, then you can get forgotten about pretty easily in the NFL. And if, if the, his legal situation takes months and months to resolve, you get through the whole year, nothing's happened. But if he shows up, he's created a difficult situation for the Texans. Do you put him on the practice field? Well, he, he, he doesn't want to play for you. He probably doesn't want to go on the practice field because he doesn't want to get hurt. So how do you manage the situation where he's in your building? Do you tell him he's excused? And it doesn't have to worry about the fines and just go home and leave us alone. It, it, it's, it, it's a tricky situation. But by making it a tricky situation, I think he leaves open the possibility that they ultimately cave in and trade him. The problem right now is what's his value, right? We don't know how much he's going to be able to play. We don't know if he's going to be suspended. We don't know what kind of trouble he's in outside uh, of the NFL in terms of the, the, the lawsuits that have been filed against him. So uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of teams out there that are desperate to move right now for Deshaun Watson because there's so much uncertainty around the situation. And, Dan, because of the uncertainty, and, again, we don't know the legalities. Uh, we don't know what, what's out there as it pertains to this legal issue. That is robust with 22 allegations mm-hmm. pending. Uh, but we were talking earlier in the show about isn't this on Commissioner Roger Goodell to say, hey, this is playing out in front of everybody. For what you mentioned, these parties involved, it behooves neither to have him there. Why doesn't he just pull rank and put him on a commissioner's exempt list? What's preventing that from happening? The commissioner's exempt list historically has been used during the regular season because it's paid leave. And these guys don't get paid until the regular season. So by putting him on commissioner's exempt now, you're really just removing him from their training camp. But 
you know, it effectively is a suspension. So I, I think mm. the players' union and Deshaun Watson's representation would, would push back against the idea of an indefinite suspension. For sure. So I, I think that the commissioner's office has been loath to use the commissioner's exempt list outside of the regular season. Would they make an exception in this case if they felt like they had enough reason to? But I don't know what the league's investigation has shown in terms of Deshaun Watson and whether it leads the commissioner to a place where he feels like, I have to use this uh, commissioner's exempt list to keep him off the practice field. Yeah, because, Shay, that's kind of the vibe I, I, or message it sends to an outsider looking in. It was, well, they must not have enough for him to, for a step to be made of suspension to this point. So the fact that you're seeing him at this point makes people connect dots that they probably should not be connecting. But it's a narrative that could easily lead you that path by simply seeing Deshaun. I mean, I don't know how many times we need to say it's 22 people, not two, you know? So it's going to take more time probably than any other case they've probably dealt with in the NFL would be my assumption. You would obviously know better than me. But my assumption would be this is going to take more time than – most cases, it's not so black and white. Really quick before uh, we take a quick time out here. Cowboys reported to camp last week. Ezekiel Elliott needs to have a bounce back season. I mean, there's no other way to put it. What are you hearing about Cowboys camp? Uh, they're very high on Ezekiel Elliott and the way he looks and the way he's performed throughout the offseason and so far in camp. They also are high on Dak Prescott's recovery from his injury. And most importantly, probably for both those players, all the offensive line injuries they had last year. Yeah. Tyron Smith, the left tackle, supposedly, from what I'm told, healthier than he's been in years. He had you know procedures to clean up some old stuff this offseason. So if that offensive line is back healthy, that's the core of everything they do. And I think they would expect Zeke Elliott to bounce back for that reason, if no other. And then hopefully they win more than six games this uh, this upcoming season. A ton more storylines to follow as camp starts, and Dan's going to stick with us here and play a game of hot news or not news. That's after SportsCenter. Australia's Ariane Titmus chased down American Katie Letke to capture gold medal in the women's 400-meter freestyle. Ledecky posted the fourth fastest time in the history of the event, but Titmus posted the second fastest time ever, trailing only Ledecky's still-standing world record from the 2016 Rio Games. This was the first of likely five events that Ledecky will compete in these games. Team USA... Falls to France in the first Olympic men's basketball loss since 2004. So speaking of upsets, the Team USA men's basketball team lost 83-76 to to France to open the Tokyo Olympics, snapping their 25-game Olympic winning streak dating back to 2004. The Americans were outscored 16-2 over the final three minutes and 40 seconds of the game, where they shot 0-9 of from the floor. France's Evan Fournier led all scores with 28 points. The next group stage game for the U.S. is on Wednesday against Iran. In NFL news, Houston Texas Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson did report to training camp Sunday in order to avoid a $50,000 a day fine, a source told ESPN. Under the new CBA, teams can no longer forgive fines, and Watson would have been fined for every day he was absent from camp. The quarterback reportedly still wants to be traded from the Texans, a stance that has remained unchanged since the start of the offseason. SportsCenter is brought to you by Capital One with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts and an app that lets you bank anytime, anywhere. Choosing Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One NA member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in. And we've got Dan Graziano here in studio, our ESPN NFL insider. You can get more from Dan on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. And so we're going to play a little game of hot news or not news. Teams are all reporting to training camp. 
a lot of NFL news now popping up, especially over the last couple of days. And so this is how it's going to work. Okay, so if it's hot news, it's like a big headliner we all need to pay very close attention to. If it's not news, it's interesting. But is it really worth hammering home or talking a lot about? I try to go Grazia. Yes, Grazia. No. But that one didn't really go over. It was a little yeah. bit too much. Of, that. Didn't really lot. work. Didn't really. It needs a little happen. work. This, segment, yeah. this segment will now be Shay. Sand Dan, that down Jordan, a you can you yeah, know, we will, go get coffee, whatever you need to do. I'm being revisit. told I, I've been sent my uh, my packing orders. I think I'm out. Yeah. You're yeah, out? It was a bad, it was a bad yeah, suggestion. Yes, that did it. Hot news or not news, it was just easier to follow. All right, here we go. Hot news or not news. Let's go. The quarterback battles in New England, San Francisco, Chicago, and Denver. Oh, hot news. Well, I think the first three are hot news, right? Because they involve rookies that I think a lot is expected of long term, right? In, in Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And I think that's going to be fascinating to see how that turns out when those guys can overtake the veterans that are in front of them, whether that's in camp or whether it lasts into the regular season. Denver's situation... Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, that feels a little bit less exciting just because I feel I mean, we're, we're in like year three of Drew Locke now, uh, and neither one of those feels like a high-end option, unless you know, Locke's going to take a big step forward this camp. But I think the first-round rookies, when do they take the reins for their various teams, is a big story we're going to be following for months. For, the, for this duo right here, i got to follow up there. And again, your best guess. In Chicago, big Chicago <laughs> Bears fan here, do you think Fields goes week one? I don't, because I think they're determined for him not to. I, I, Matt you. Nagy wants to do what they did in Kansas City when he was there and Patrick Mahomes was a rookie, which is sit him all year. And, but the, the, what happened there was Alex Smith played great. They started 5-0. and They were in first place all year. If you don't do that, it's very, very difficult to keep that rookie on the bench. So, you know, may, maybe Aaron Rodgers never shows up and the Bears are all of a sudden the favorite in the division and, the, and they can re- replicate that, but it's a lot of maybes. Yeah. All right, well, since you asked about um, my Chicago Bears, I shall ask about your Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk hot, about Joe Burrow. Hot news or not news, Joe Burrow's health. I think it's hot news because I think if he's healthy, this is a guy that has a chance to post huge numbers in this offense. I think we saw glimpses of it last year, uh, and I think, you know, he's, he's shown the ability to – to play in this league, there's no question about it. They've got to keep him protected, obviously, as any Bengals fan watching this would say very quickly. But adding Jamar Chase to that receiving core, yeah, that's a big upgrade over what A.J. Green was last year. Put not, res- I mean, A.J. Green, you know, Hall of Fame caliber guy. Yes. So I'm not, but what he was last year, I think you're going to see a lot, a lot higher end possibilities with the offense with the young guy. Put some respect on the Graziano family name, too. His son... Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yeah, there's not a lot of us scattered across the country. We've never figured out exactly where that came from, but he has for his whole life, just about since he was a, old enough to pick his favorite teams. So the Graziano yeah. family and the Cornette family live in the same town. So maybe we can find a Bengals bar somewhere, and you guys can get together and if go. You find that? Game. Yeah, because we'll none of us know. are working on a Sunday. Right? I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like we all can <laughs> sit around maybe and just hang Thursday out. Thursday night game. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's well, what we're we dreaming. We'll take a yacht around the world. Yeah, exactly. Keyshawn J. Will is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys this morning. Dan Graziano is here, ESPN NFL Insider, giving us the hot news and the not news as NFL training camps are starting to get underway. Um, Stefan Gilmore contract trade situation in New England. Now, this one's interesting, so I'm interested to see what you think. I think ultimately it ends up being not news because what I'm hearing on Gilmore and talking to teams that have been in the cornerback market all offseason, they all are getting the impression that the Patriots and Gilmore will work something out. And there's some history with the Patriots in terms of players on these kinds of contracts with them adding some incentives, padding the last year of the contract a little bit to keep the player happy and keep him there. I think if the Patriots 
were going to get what they wanted to get for Gilmore, it would have been in March or April. They didn't. So I think now they're kind of regrouping and they'll figure something out to keep him happy with the contract and keep him there. A lot of times we hear players say they want a certain amount of money and it's it's sometimes puzzling. Like, why are you asking for this much money or this long term of a contract? Like, Stefan Gilmore, I think, has come to a place where he deserves what he's asking for, at least in my opinion. Well, right. He's supposed to make $7 million this year. That's not high-end cornerback money. But remember, the reason for that is that he took some money from this year and moved it into last year. So they already did an adjustment to the contract a year ago. So that's that's part of the Patriots argument. So we'll see. Okay, hot news or not news. Odell Beckham Jr. wants to win a championship in Cleveland. I mean, who doesn't want to win a championship? That's what I was going to say. I'm just going to interject first just to lead you. You can choose to drink the water or not, Dan, but... Of course, it, what I if mean, the news would be if he said he doesn't want to win a championship yeah. in Cleveland, right? So I think, I mean, I think Odell Beckham's return is at least warm news, if not hot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the idea that he wants to win a championship, not news to me. Look, I covered Odell Beckham when he was a rookie with the Giants. He has had, last year's Browns were the second team he's ever been on that had a winning record. So, like, he has done a lot of losing since he's been in the NFL, and I know that that is what drives him the most nuts, is the losing. I don't think he's the kind of guy that needs to get the ball every time. I think he wants to have a winning season, and he wants to be part of that, and I think that if the Browns do that, I think he'll be a big part of it. I do wonder how much, though, that has changed for Odo Beckham Jr., because I feel like that's the narrative now that the Browns actually have decided to win some football games, and I feel like they're heading into the season for the first time in a long time as an actual contender yeah. instead of a pretender, and so I wonder if he saw the blueprint last year where he doesn't need the ball every carry, or receivers don't need the ball every carry. They can share the wealth with the running backs, and maybe that's how you equate to a winning season. I don't know. I don't know, Odell, yeah. but maybe that's well, that's changed. I guess the other question to follow up there, Dan, would be because I know my wife's not sold on it, but is Baker Mayfield a guy who can lead a team to a Super Bowl and get that big win? I think what you saw with Cleveland last year and the first year under Kevin Stefanski is is he and his coaching staff did a really good job of adjusting the game plan as needed. They needed to be run heavy with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They can do it. But there were games where they asked Baker to throw the ball, and he did very well with it. So I think as the year progressed – he got more comfortable in the offense. I think if he gets Odell Beckham back healthy, that only adds to what he can do. And I think the fact that he's – I mean, what does he had four head coaches in, in no, three no, seasons in the, in the NFL, so now he gets some continuity there too. I, th- I think Mayfield has the opt- – especially with the team he's got around him to be – to be that guy. Jeremy Fowler reported this yesterday. Hot news or not news, Chandler Jones wants to be traded by the Cardinals. I think I, I, I think it ends up, again, being not news because I don't think the Cardinals going, are going to trade him. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Chandler Jones, obviously unhappy with his contract, one year left. But uh, I, I, everybody I've talked to this offseason about Chandler Jones has said the Cardinals aren't going to trade him, the Cardinals aren't going to trade him. So I, I think it gets to a place where he comes to camp and, and things are okay. And if, you know, maybe if the Cardinals fall out of contention, he's somebody who gets dealt at the trade deadline. But I don't think they intend to trade him right now, and I think they'll, they'll – they'll get to a point where everybody's happy for one more year. Okay, last thing here, and this is probably a bigger conversation, so there's a little bit of room for this to breathe, but Vikings assistant coach Rick Dennison is out after refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccine, and Patriots assistant Cole Popovich won't be with the team for the exact same reason. Is that news, hot news, or not news? And then we can further the discussion along here. It's hot news. The vaccines are a huge topic around the league right now when you talk to players, coaches, front offices. It's, It's going to continue to be. 
And so what does this mean going forward? Because obviously there are different rules for coaches and personnel than there are for the players at this point. And we've heard from various players on how they feel about it, whether that is taking the vaccine or not, and how they feel about their teammates, and obviously what the rules now are regarding that in terms of a forfeit or not getting a game check if an unvaccinated player was was the reason for an outbreak. But with the coaches and the personnel – like, it, it, it's very different because the league mandated that they get the vaccine, correct? And so when they say these these uh, personnel or coaches are out, is that their decision to leave on their own accord? Is it the team saying this? Is this an option for them to have a change of heart? Like, what does that mean for the league and for the coaches that have decided against the vaccine? Well, in this case, it would be the coach's decision to not get the vaccine, which then puts the coach in a position where – so you have to, if you're designated a Tier 1 or Tier 2 employee – uh, you have to be vaccinated. In order to have contact with players, you have to be Tier 1 so, or, or Tier 2 in some cases. But the coach, I mean, the coach would not be allowed to be in a meeting room with the players. So let's say he's the offensive line coach. The offensive line has a meeting. The coach would have to be in a separate room or his house doing the meeting virtually while all the players were in the room together. He would only be able to coach them outdoors, and then that would have to be distanced and in a mask. There are a lot of things that would make it very difficult, even untenable, for an assistant coach in that position this year, given the rules. So you're right. The players have a union. The coaches and the front office personnel don't, right? So the league was able to impose rules on there, whereas the players' union pushed back and said, we want our guys to be able to have this choice. But the league has imposed these rules, and what happens now is if you don't want to get that vaccine, fine, that's your decision. But there are going to be consequences. And in terms of the players especially, most of those consequences are you're going to have to live under the same rules as last year. You know, wear a mask, distance. If you're a close contact of someone who tests positive, you have to be you have to miss five days at least. You know, if, if that turns up on a Thursday, you're missing that game. Right. Whereas if you're vaccinated and you're a close contact, you don't. 24 hours. So, well, no. I mean, if you don't have symptoms and you're close contact, you don't have to miss any time. Okay. If you've had a vaccine and, and you're identified as a close contact of someone who tests positive then, and you have no symptoms, you're fine. They might, they might test you more. But, again, even the guys who are vaccinated are only going to get tested once every two weeks versus every day. So you, you've created the NFL's created a situation where there's two different classes of player this year, uh, and again, two different classes in terms of coaches and team personnel. But the way that's dealt with is, you know, they're not they're not going to be there. But with, with the players, yeah, there's going to be. I think there was a story yesterday. The Buccaneers are giving different color wristbands. I think it's uh-huh. red if you're vaccinated and and yellow if you're not, or vice versa. But you know, teams are going to have to keep track of this. Interesting stuff. All right, Dan, thank you so much for the insight this morning. We appreciate it. I know you're kind of making the circuit. You're doing Sports Center. Sports get Center up. is calling this way. Yes. There. So you, you go ahead and, and get underway. Thank you. Yeah, go All hustle. Right. Go do that. We'll see you at Fairfield, my yeah, friend. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Keyshawn Jabel and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit progressive.com. You want some hot news? Well, that's what Heather Dinich delivered yesterday with us on ESPN Radio. You'll hear from her next after Jordan has this from O'Reilly. Superstar batteries exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're designed to meet the electrical demands of today's vehicles. Get dependable power and performance from a superstar battery for your car, truck, motorcycle, lawnmower, boat, and more. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today and their professional parts people. They can help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit OReillyAuto.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Oh, it's a weird time in college sports a little bit, right? Like no. there's conference realignment, it's, NIL's going on. That's true. It's crazy. But it's like, I feel like cicadas, they say those bugs come out every 12 years. What? Realignment comes around every like couple years, right? Like it's like that time, like. Let's add more teams to a conference. But you're right. With everything going, it is crazy. Cicadas? I hate those things. I I don't know why they're on my mind. I hate them too. But like, where did we pull that from at 745 Eastern? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zoom in Progressive. Thanks for letting us know the regional time. I'm just saying. We pulled out cicadas this early in the morning. Uh, Shay Cornette, Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys this morning. And yes, there is a lot going on in the world of college athletics because – It sounds like Texas and Oklahoma could be saying bye-bye to the Big 12 and hello to the SEC. We're going to dive more into it. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin brought to you by Indeed. Indeed has this hiring tool called Instant Match, and it really lives up to its name. Just just post a sponsored job, and Indeed instantly searches millions of resumes in their database to immediately deliver the candidate that fits your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. First, let's hear from Heather Dinich. She's she's our ESPN college football writer. She was on game day with Jordan and I yesterday on ESPN Radio. She kind of told us this could be happening, like, very, very soon. Take a listen. This is basically the Big 12 having somebody kind of cheat on them for a couple of months. Then you realize it last week, right? And then the grant of rights notification is like, oh, that's great. You know, we're going to get a divorce, but not for four more years unless you let us go Heather, Heather, I got to interrupt you there. This is a husband and wife show. Like, we don't like to mention the D word on the airwaves on the husband and wife radio show. I mean, of all the radio shows to give the analogy for. My goodness. I mean, she was giving great nuggets, and then she just lost us with the divorce. Like, come on, Heather, of all read the, the shows, room. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, maybe she didn't realize we're married with the same last name. I don't know, but we love It's Heather. very accurate, though. It's a very accurate depiction of what's going on here. And I, I just think, like, this legitimately is somebody who's very dialed in on the, the college landscape, you know, doing a lion's share of my work with the network on the ACC side of things with that network. This was not on people's radar. 
Well, what's crazy to me is not only was it not on people's radar really till the last, what, three days or so, but this could be happening, as Heather told us, as early as 2022. Like, this could be a decision as early as today. Like, it could be inevitable very, very soon. Well, today would be the step to say that come 2025, when the media rights held by the Big 12 for those programs, football and basketball, are up, they would want to look elsewhere. That is just standard operating procedure. That's the tipping point. That's the announcement to say, we're leaving. When that happens, if that happens, it's expected to happen most likely today. Then the clock starts running of, well, do they wait till the end of 2025 and actually leave then? Or do they find a way to get out earlier? There'll be heavy penalty somewhere to the tune of like $76 million each year that they leave earlier. So there's a few ways this could play out. If the if these two teams, if these two programs, excuse me, two universities in Texas and OU are like, yeah, we want to stay till 2025, so we don't get penalized through the contract of the media rights with the Big 12, and then go, well, the SEC might be like, no, 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 we're not waiting till 2025. We want you by 2022 at the latest 2023. So most likely, if this initial step does happen today, you gotta imagine that this takes shape and, and it actually comes to fruition in the next calendar year or two at max. And, and Heather was telling us this yesterday, and so I'm basically taking this from her, but she pointed something out, and you mentioned the money here. And when Maryland moved to the Big Ten, she said there was a, a big buyout, essentially, for them to leave the ACC and go to the Big Ten. And it ended up going to court, and they ended up play, paying a lesser value. I don't remember the exact It was about number. half of what they were supposed it to be It was like $33 million and they cut it to twenty five yeah. or something along those lines. And so you mentioned the big payout with Oklahoma and Texas. And so if it does happen quicker, perhaps this is something that does go to the court system, and maybe they, they – lessen the blow or whatever it is in terms of moving over to the SEC. But I guess this opens a bigger question now. What happens to the remainder of the Big 12? What happens to those teams? There are now speculation that perhaps if this does go through, West Virginia joins the likes of an ACC conference. What happens to a team like Notre Dame, who has been flirting with the ACC and was part of the ACC conference last year? What happens to a team like BYU? Do they finally join a conference and they go to the Pac-12 or do they end up joining the Big 12 and giving them more teams? teams. I, I, what does this mean for everybody else? Well, I, I saw the metaphor and I think it plays uh, beautifully in depicting this scenario and where it's at right now with the Big 12 and potentially losing Texas and Oklahoma. It's like going to your favorite uh, uh, huge shopping mall and the two charter stores that you usually go to in that shopping mall uh, decide they're going to move out and no longer pay rent at that mall. You ain't going to that mall anymore. It no longer becomes a destination, and that's what's on the table right now for the Big 12. So, yeah, you can have conversations about what happens to those other schools and those universities and their fan bases that care, but once you talk about losing Texas and Oklahoma, that is the Big 12. The conversation shifts to Notre Dame, and it becomes an arms race for these other conferences. And, okay, the SEC has made a massive statement by bringing in these two powerhouses. How can we compete? The only thing still dangling, holding on to its independence and comfortably holding on to it, mind you, is Notre Dame. Now, the Big Ten can try to make a play, but there's there's language in a contract with the ACC as the ACC holds all of the other sports for Notre Dame except for football and hockey, but mainly football, that if they do join a conference, Notre Dame has to go to the ACC. So that eliminates the Big Ten except for we've seen all these legal gymnastics where schools have gotten out of conferences and contracts and gone through the legal system and have found a way. So it doesn't completely eliminate the Big Ten. It's just the ACC is best propped up 
Two, if Notre Dame elects to forego independence, they would most likely come to the ACC. Now, how does that happen? Well, Commissioner Jim Phillips is the head of the ACC, taking over for the legend in Commissioner John Swafford, has a strong relationship with Notre Dame, has Notre Dame ties, has sent his kids through there, worked in that athletic department, has a good working relationship with the athletic director, Jack Swarbrick. He's a very savvy guy. We've seen what Commissioner Jim Phillips did as the athletic director at Northwestern. So if there's a guy to make this marriage work, it's Jim Phillips. Mind you, last year for Notre Dame in that crazy 2020 year, it worked beautifully for Notre Dame. They showed well in football. They played in that conference championship game. They had another path to a college football playoff. The conversation becomes then, Shay, well, does Notre Dame love their independence so much that they'll forego the money on the table that is presented by joining a conference like the ACC? Well, you got that NBC deal. Notre Dame makes so much money from it. Wrong. Notre Dame makes half the money with that NBC independent deal that they could make by joining a conference like the ACC. So it really becomes about what is your desire. And when we look at the college landscape in sports and the money being lost, don't you want to try and make as much as possible? So it's going to be interesting to see what Notre Dame does, but that's where, to me, all the focus then shifts to. So I guess, is that enough, though, for the ACC? Let's say Notre Dame does join the ACC. Is that enough to make them feel like they're kind of this, for lack of a better oh, word what? here, a po- well, just listen, a power conference. The SEC is going to have, and I'm, I'm thinking football here because that's what to- it's top of mind given the time of year, right? Like, the SEC will have the likes of Alabama and LSU and Texas and Oklahoma and all these major powerhouses. If you look at the ACC, it's like, well, yes, they have Clemson and they have Notre Dame, and that will likely become a rivalry. Maybe Louisville you could throw in Florida there, State, Virginia Tech. Florida State, Florida State, Miami are coming. Well, this, this is what I'm asking you. Like, wearing the ACC hat, is that enough if it's just Notre Dame that joins where Texas and Oklahoma are two major programs that are going to the SEC? Yeah, if, if you bring in Notre Dame and West Virginia – you've made a a nice counter. Mm -hmm. You've responded to what the SEC has done here. To me, another bigger conversation and how the dominoes fall with this is, are we moving towards two, maybe three super conferences and the college landscape as we know it being completely blown blown to pieces and obliterated. This is a big step towards what could be a monumental shift. We'll talk to Heather Dinnish later on about this as well. Not okay. divorce, though, right? We're not, not divorce, talking anymore. No more of that. Okay. Uh, a divorce maybe in Green Bay, though. Why Aaron Rodgers? Not the only quarterback. We need to follow this training camp. That's next right here. KJZN ESPN Radio.